Welcome to the Awakened Mom Life Podcast. My name is Christina Bentel, and I'm a spiritual teacher and life growth specialist. I'm here to help you with your spiritual awakening so you can find your purpose, experience more passion, and have more joy in your life. If you're ready to up-level your spiritual game, your life, relationships, and your career, then you're in the right place. My goal here is to help you see your infinite potential and your divine truth and to teach you how to apply all of these lessons to your modern way of life. I'm thrilled that the universe has brought us together, so let's jump right in. So welcome to the show. I'm thrilled to have you here. So today we're going to be talking about my story, Breakdown to Breakthrough, and the lessons that led me to my own spiritual awakening. And a couple of things that I really want, the, the reason I wanted to share this is, you know, I wanted to, to share these lessons for, for three reasons, primarily I want you to know that there, you're not alone in this journey. Uh, a lot of people have been through tragedies and really difficult things in life. And it's not to downplay that your things aren't important or that they're less traumatic. What I mean is that life can be difficult. Life can be hard. Um, there is hope on the other side. So I want you to know you're not alone in the sense of even though things may feel really hard or there's things in your past that maybe still come up there are ways to overcome them. Uh, I also want you to know that you can probably relate to some of these things and and bits and pieces of these things that you can apply to your own life. So the lessons that I'm going to share here, I want you to to take them and see how they apply to your own life and how they can help in your spiritual journey as well. And the third reason is I'm I'm hoping to inspire your journey. Uh, You know, when I was going through all of this, um, there were a lot of different people who had impacts who impacted my life and they inspired my journey. And I'm hoping to be able to do that for you by sharing my story with you. So let's get started. So I want you to imagine you're sitting on the couch. It's a weekday evening. There's a pot roast in the slow cooker and you're, you're waiting to eat dinner. You're getting hungry and actually slightly impatient, and a little angry. And then you get a knock on the door. You hesitantly, hesitantly stand up to answer it. And you open it. And it's a police officer. And the words that come out of his mouth, you'll never forget. He says, there's been an accident. This is what happened to me. It was July 2nd, 2008. And the next two days were a living hell. A lot of it was a blur. And then on July 4th, 2008, we pulled the plug, so to speak, on my fiancé. He died from brain hemorrhaging. He had been in a car accident. It was my car. Uh, He was changing the oil for the very first time. And um, I held a lot of guilt about that for a long time because it was my vehicle that he died in. He was 23. And we had our entire lives in front of us. But now it was just me. I was alone. And at that point in time... uh, I did not know how to cope. I had been in and out of severe depression. My anxiety was through the roof. I had um, almost social phobia. Uh, I, I struggled to go out and about. I struggled to talk to people. I struggled to just basically exist. That's how bad it was. So when he died, um, I did not have the coping tools to deal with it. Um, and before I forget, I do want to mention, so the, the day I'm recording this is actually March 16th. Um, his birthday is two days away, 
which I feel like is the universe telling me something. And that's why I felt like I had to share this story out of all of the stories and all of the things that I could talk about. Um, I felt that I needed to talk about him and how his legacy and, and his death has inspired my life in a, such an impactful way. And it could have gone an entirely different way had I not used it as an opportunity to grow. Because when it first happened, I certainly did not. I used his death as every reason to spiral out of control. But, um, you know, with his birthday coming up, it, it's it's there are certain anniversaries you'll never forget when a loved one passes away. Um, birthdays, special anniversaries, the holidays. Um, so again, I think it's the universe saying like, share the story, share what his life meant and share it with the world and inspire the world based on the lessons that I learned from something that is incredibly traumatic. So we go back to July 4th. July 4th is a day that I will uh, for, for a long time, I struggled. I struggled with the July 4th because people are celebrating. People are happy. People are excited. And I was, I would die inside every July 4th. It was, it was eating me away um, because at first I wouldn't talk about it. I wouldn't talk about him. I felt like, especially when I moved on, my now husband and I started dating. It was a year after Jason passed away. And um, I felt guilty. I felt guilty talking about Jason. I felt guilty even thinking about and having those triggers. And, um, my husband and I, my husband now, and I, when we first started dating, we were young and we were immature and neither one of us knew how to deal with it either. Um, so for many July 4th, it was incredibly painful and I kept burying and just pushing this grief down and I wasn't allowing myself to feel it. And it actually got to a point where I was hospitalized, uh, several years later, and I was put in the psych ward because I was so suicidal that I just, I didn't want to live anymore. And this was on, uh, it was January 1st is, so it was New Year's Eve is when I was admitted. And, and that was a turning point in my life. The, the years leading up to that, I had given up. I thought to myself that why is life even worth living? Something that I want to mention as well that happened was it was part of my story. It was part of my who I was. My best friend died two years prior to Jason. She was the most influential person in my life before I met Jason. She was an amazing human being. Um, and it was it was after I started thinking about it after they both passed away, they were very similar, full of energy. Um, people loved being around them. They're charismatic. They were wonderful, wonderful human beings that were so full of life. And I think I was drawn to both of them for those reasons of I wanted to be like them. And I admired that so much in them. And I loved it so much in them. So when they both passed away, it was, I felt like part of me had died. Um, and I wasn't willing at that point. I didn't know how to express myself in, in those ways. And I wasn't sure how to bring that part of myself out. And I just kept bearing it further and further. And it was like this black rock that was sitting so heavily in my body that I was just lost. So when I was admitted uh, to the psych ward, like I said, that was a, that was a turning point in my life. And I didn't know it at the time, but um, it changed everything. So I finally was put on some medication that helped me regulate some of my emotions. And I was in a job at that point in time that I had a, a toxic boss. He was the poster boy for a narcissist at the time, a horrible, horrible person. Um, 
so I learned how to, to deal and cope with him while I was in um, the psych ward because, you know, you go to therapy, they medication, it helps you get back to a sort of balance. So it kind of takes away everything on the outside that you're dealing with and says like, okay, let's reset. That reset is what I needed. Um, I was ashamed of being there, but I, I realized like, holy shit, I can think now. I can think while I was there. I started to think about all of these things that I was suppressing the emotions, dealing with Jason's dad, being in a new relationship when frankly I wasn't I wasn't ready for a new relationship because I couldn't fully invest in him yet. And I knew he deserved better, and I knew I deserved better. And that was weighing so heavily on me. The the thought that I couldn't stick up to my boss, um, who was berating me constantly. I remember one time I went to the office and he told me He's like, you've got to stop looking so sad every time I come to the office. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm thinking, I'm so freaking depressed that I, I'm suicidal. And you're coming in and you're telling me instead of saying, being supportive, instead of saying, like, how can I help you? You're just telling me I need to stop being sad. Like, who does that? So, you know, it, being in the hospital, it gave me the strength to see, like, okay, things need to change. Like, Jason and Tiffany died. and I am still here. I'm not dead. I'm still here. So what can I do to turn this around? I am sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm sick and tired of, of feeling this way. And if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably been in, such a, been in a very similar situation in the sense of you've had these tragedies in your life and you've, you've spent a lot of time overcoming them because you were frankly sick and tired of the same old bullshit. You were, su- you were just ready for some change. And that's where I was. And that's when I started... While I was there, I started researching cognitive behavioral uh, therapy, which changed my life in so many ways. Now I I recently became um, certified as a cognitive behavioral technique coach because it made such an impact in my life. And that's something that I use in my practice is to help people overcome a lot of these limiting beliefs by shedding the light on them, frankly, and showing you what's really the truth. Because before that, I had never questioned my thoughts. They were just my thoughts. They were there, of course, right? Because they're so repetitive and they just, they spiral. But I had never slowed down to really think how my thoughts were impacting my life. And I was the worst at speaking to myself. You know, I had grown up in an environment where um, my parents, they, they did their very, very best. But they didn't know how to teach me how to be kind to myself. Because let's be honest, they weren't kind to themselves. And that was the habit that I had learned is the beat myself down left and right. I was my own worst critic. Um, I just, everything was wrong. I was incredibly judgmental of myself. Well, how did that manifest? It manifested into a life of misery. And that's where I was. So that was like my my breakdown, my absolute breakdown. Um, Tragedy, childhood, um, abuse, trauma, like all of these things where that was my story. I walked around with that, like that was my freaking armor. So I was, I look about it now and I'm like, God, why did anyone even want to be around me? Like these people must have loved me so deeply to, to put up with me because I would walk around with the shroud of, oh, woe is me. My life is awful. These are all the things that I have been through. You should be, feel so sorry for me because my life has been so bad. And let's be honest, like, yeah, I had been through some shit. I had been through the ringer. But I was playing the victim. I was 100% 100 a victim to my circumstances in that situation. I was taking no ownership for my life. I was taking no ownership for the fact that 
I could learn from these things. And that's what happened is that key moment when I realized that I could take ownership for my life. And I think that a lot of you that are listening to this are probably, if you haven't come to this realization, you're slowly coming to this realization or you're, you're getting there that you can take ownership of your life. Your circumstances do not dictate the life that you live. The thoughts that you think are what create the life that you have. And I'm not saying that bad things don't happen. I'm not saying that life isn't hard. I'm saying that you can react to them differently. You can stand up and face those things in a much different way. So it doesn't knock you off balance. You know, one of the things when I was in the hospital um, that I will never, ever forget, um, my dad actually was part of the reason why I remember this so strongly is uh, we were in one of the classes where you're, they, you you do a lot of arts to kind of help calm you down. So one of the things that I did was um, I drew a tree, a big, beautiful oak tree with huge, vibrant green leaves. And it had strong roots that just went down and down to, to so deep. And the the doctor who was facilitating the class said, well, what does this mean to you? What Why did you draw this tree? And I said, I want to be like this tree. I want to be resilient and I want to stand up in the face of anything that life throws my way. I'm tired of being knocked down. I physically felt like I was being knocked down constantly. I don't want to be knocked down anymore. And my dad, when I, when I left the hospital, I brought that home and my dad wanted it and he, he put it on the wall. And at, at that time, I'm like, why? Like, well, this is silly. It's just a silly tree. Like, why should this matter? But to him, it was important. Um, it was important piece of my journey and my growth. And he saw that when I didn't. And years later, when I came back and I saw that tree still on the wall, still in my room, my old room. Um, and I, I wept tears of, of joy because I started to think like, even back then, that tree meant so much to me, like those roots grounded in the earth that were so strong and, and withstanding to whatever was it was put up against. And I was becoming that. I was learning how to do that. The, the tough things that were being thrown at me in my life now, I was withstanding. It was hard. It was challenging. And sometimes it sucked, but I was doing it. And there's a lot of pride that comes with that in the sense of like, holy shit, I can't believe I, I made this journey. I can't believe I made this journey from feeling like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm done to, yeah, I can do this. And I, and I say that with full confidence, like to my core, I can deal with whatever life throws my way. So if this story resonates with you, again, I want you to know that you're not alone. Whatever you've gone through in your life, whatever those lessons have been, embrace them and, and figure out how you can grow from them. Because you have two choices in this life. You can be a victim or you can be a victor. And the choice is 100% yours. And when I share my story and when I share everything that I've been through, my hope is that you'll see some inspiration in it in the sense of, wow, like if you can do this, like I can do this too. Because you can. And the universe is on your side. The universe wants you to succeed. But you have to be willing to embrace it. You have to be willing to step forward and say like, I'm ready to own this. I'm ready to step forward and I'm ready to, to be all that I can be. And I'm going to tell you, it's not easy. And this is where I see 
the clients that I work with and the people that I see around me, where people typically give up is they meet a little bit of resistance. And what happens is you start to see that resistance and you're like, okay, this isn't meant for me. So I, I, I want to share a couple stories of, of times that this happened to me so you can understand and like know that it's going to happen. And your willingness to push through that and your willingness to, to, to understand why this is happening will get you through it more and more to become, it becomes easier and easier over time. So, um, you know, on my, my growth journey, like I had mentioned, I had basically social phobia where I, every time I would step outside, I'm like, oh my God, people are looking at me. Oh my God. Like I would shrivel just, I, I would feel like this one tenth of my size as a, as a human being, my energy would just constrict. And it, it was draining. It was physically, mentally, and emotionally draining. So, um, you know, when I started getting back into the workplace, uh, work and career was always really tough for me for a couple of reasons. Um, I, I took so much pride in anything that I do, right? I'm a perfectionist. I'm, I don't want to say that I am now. I like things to be quality. I have, I have released a lot of those uh, disempowering beliefs now, but then I didn't. Um, I, so I beat myself up when things were perfect and when things were great. So this applied very, very much in my career. I took a lot of pride in my career and I was a perfectionist at that point where obviously like when you're riddled with anxiety and depression and fear, how are you going to show up in a job? You're certainly not going to show up in a, in a very constructive and, and quality way. So I would beat myself up. So it was like the cycle of like, I beat myself up. I'm not good enough. I'm not doing a good job. Beat myself up. Okay. Beat myself up. I'll do a better job. Like, no, no, I needed to jump off the freaking hamster wheel. And I finally did. But before that, um, you know, I remember walking into my boss's office. I was severely underpaid and I had taken this job. Um, at the time, I think I was making like $35,000 and I was a marketing assistant. And even back then that was like, low. um, I, I had had a degree, right? I had, to, I had a degree in years of experience, but I didn't have a backbone. So when I was offered this job and I thought to myself, like, okay, I'm going to take the job and eventually I'll ask for a raise and, and um, I'll ask for what I need. And at the time, honestly, like I couldn't hold down a job because my depression was so bad. So I was like, okay, somebody's going to give me a job and this seems like a job that I can do. It's not high stress. Like, okay, I, I'm going to take it. So I remember asking for the, my first raise. It was, um, it was about a year. So, of course, you know, a year goes by and you ask for a raise, right? It, that's kind of seems like the way the world works. Um, <laughs> I laugh now because, like, how horrible this was. I walked into my boss's office and I had my list of accomplishments, right? Like, I, I bullets of all of these amazing things that I had done. And at th that point in my career, I, I, I was starting to grow and starting to excel and starting to do some really great things because I was managing my depression. I was starting to get things under control a little bit, but I obviously had, had some work to, still to do. By all means, I deserved a raise. I walked in there and um, I'll never forget that feeling, the crushing, almost soul crushing feeling of like, oh, I can't do this. I can't do this. Okay. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Like I'm sweating. My palms are sweating. Like I can feel like dizziness in my head. My stomach just feels like I'm, I'm going to vomit. Like this overwhelming sense of like fear, straight up fear. But that was one of the first times that I actually stood up to my fear. 
And let me tell you this, one of the, the greatest lessons that I've ever learned from a mentor of mine is like, courage is not a lack of fear. Courage is standing up in the face of fear and knowing that that fear is going to be there and doing it anyways. Damn it, you do it anyways. That is what courage is about. And that courage that I demonstrated there, I didn't get my raise, by the way. <laughs> um, I, I was told that um, you're doing a great job. You're doing really great. We don't have the money and the budget for you. Um, and as disheartening as that was and as frustrating as that was, I didn't let it stop me. There was something deep inside. And I bet if you're listening to this, you have that deep yearning inside of you. It's that deep yearning. It's that tenacity that that keeps you going, that you know that there's more out there. And that's what has not only kept me alive when I was struggling at my, at my worst, but also it's what has led me through the spiritual awakening, the spiritual journey of knowing who the hell I am on the inside and loving life. So don't give up on it. Stand up in the face of fear. When things feel hard and and scary, but you know what you want is on the other side, do not give up. So um, fast forward about three or four years. I was in that job almost five years. Um, and it, w- it was one of the best growing opportunities. There's two other stories I want to share with you because they they stick out to me because they were they were key milestones of my growth. I remember, again, I was a marketing assistant. They never would change my title, even though I kept taking on more and more responsibility to the point where I was actually managing other people. I was managing other people, but I was still a marketing assistant. And part of that was my own lack of boundaries. I, I, I was willing to take on more because perfectionist, I loved doing a great job. I was proud of my work. I loved what I did. I loved excelling in my career. So I would take on more responsibility. Uh, over that time, I think I was now making, I was making 40,000, so like 5,000, which considering like the, the jump in responsibilities, my, my salary had certainly not kept up with my level of responsibilities. But at the time, you know, I decided to look at it as a growth opportunity. I'm like, how, you know, if I lose this job, by all means, like, I'm pretty sure I could get a job paying more money at this point, but I was comfortable. I was learning and um, I was learning how to cope with my stress and learn how to cope with my coworkers, which I had never been able to do before. Um, There was a meeting. This was a pivotal point in my career and for my growth. I was sitting with a VP and a director and uh, there was one of my coworkers who was on my team in the marketing team. Uh, she was like a one of the data people. And she was probably had worse social anxiety than I did at the point. She was a very uh, reserved, very quiet. And at that point, I was starting to step into my own and starting to step into my voice. And um, the the VP and the director of, uh, of this department were, were not big fans of us, not big fans of the marketing department, because... If you know anything about the corporate world, if you've ever worked in the corporate world, sometimes there's a little rift between the marketing department and other departments simply because, you know, we want you to do things a certain way, right? Um, So branding and all of these things, we're saying like, well, we need you to stop using Comic Sans font when you're posting flyers, right? (laughs) So stuff like that. Um, They just weren't big fans of us. It wasn't personal. It was was business. but with the, the VP, I will never forget verbatim the words that came out of her mouth because I'm like, who says this? She said, I don't trust you and I don't trust your department. And she was angry when she said it. She was not that calm when she said it. Um, and, and this wasn't just like, this is the first thing she said. This was an hour long into it, you know, conversation going back and forth. And 
she was just not happy with us. And I remember in that moment, something inside of me shifted. And I remember thinking like, this is a key moment. I can get angry and I can yell and I can scream and I can cry. I was a crier. I cried at the drop of a hat when someone made me angry. And I thought to myself, I'm like, no, like, I want to use this as an opportunity to, to assert my boundaries, to assert myself, and to use the lessons that I, I have learned over this time to, to state how I feel in a, in a constructive way, in a calm way, and to help bring the energy in this room down. Um, and I did. I remember saying along the lines of like, I, I understand and respect how you feel. We have been asking a lot from your team. We've been asking a lot from you. And I know that probably feels really heavy and, and, and different from what you've experienced in the past. And please understand that this is just coming from a place of we are looking for opportunities to grow together and we want to grow together. And please understand that we can't do this without each other. And it was like, boom, like a light bulb went up in my head. I just... I was a freaking marketing assistant talking down a VP who had been there, I think 20 plus years. She had been there for a long time, maybe 30 years in helping calm the energy of that room. And it was that, that, that moment where I surprised myself, like, what, where did this come from? And the energy shifted in that meeting. And we came out of that meeting for the first time in a long time. Like we would have these meetings that would go on for hours. I mean, we would be sitting in the freaking conference room, sometimes for like four hours, screaming and yelling at each other. It was such a toxic environment. And that was the first meeting that we left where we, we left calmly. And we left with the game plan of how to move together and move forward. Now, things didn't get progressively better because like I was one person on this huge team. But it was in that moment that I gained confidence to be like, damn, I can do this. I can succeed in my career. And the, the anxiety started to, to, to dissipate. And what happened is like, over time, I started building that confidence and building that skill of speaking up for myself and setting boundaries. And it was hard because I, I grew up in a family where essentially boundaries uh, were associated with love. When you love someone or you care with someone, you don't have boundaries with them. You do whatever they ask. That's how I was raised. So those deep-seated feelings that I was I was shifting, honestly, it was scary. I was full of fear. Now, if I would not have stood up to those things and that fear, I wouldn't have been able to grow. So let's fast forward. I think it was about a year later. I had a new boss. Um, and I had asked him for a raise too. I went through that same thing. He did give me a raise. Uh, I think it was about a thousand dollars at that point. Um, and it's laughable now because I think about, holy crap, like my career after that. And the reason I know this is because of my career after this, um, the compensation and the bonuses and the, the raises that I've got, like, yeah, I know what I deserved and I did not want to get what I deserved in that position, but it was all a lesson. It was all a lesson in how do I, how do I make this better? So I went to my, uh, my boss and when I asked for that, that raise and he basically told me, nope, sorry. Uh, I think it was about a month later they they hired someone, um, who I was to train. Uh, her title was, uh, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was essentially above me. Like I still, I, I think I had convinced him to, I was a, 
uh, my title had changed slightly and, I, and I'm not going to say what it was just because I, I, I don't want to be throwing people under the bus. Um, my, my title had changed slightly, but it was, it was still like entry level title. And the girl, um, who was hired above me, uh, her title was slightly above me. Uh, but technically she was below me in experience. She only had like two years of experience. And at that point I was going on almost 10 years of experience. Cause I started pretty young and uh, I had to train her. Well, she was a wonderful, wonderful human being, and she's one of the people that helped in my, my journey as well. But um, she was very, very open and honest. So I remember one day we were talking about um, salaries, and there was two girls on the team. They were both pretty open about it. She made almost 10000 more than me. I just asked for a raise, right? Just asked for a raise. No, we, we can't do that for you. <laughs> oh, my God. I was livid. I was so beside myself with anger. And that moment I thought to myself, so what, how, how, what can I do? I could go into my boss's office storming and crying and demand more money. And I'm like, no, you know what? The disrespect of the situation, it, it's time for me to move on. It's time for me to move on. That was a lesson that I had learned. So I started looking. Um, I was struggling because I was so angry with him. He definitely knew it. But um, I started looking. And I found my dream job. It was, oh my gosh, like three levels above where I was. But I met the qualifications, like 100% met the qualifications of this position with an amazing company, amazing benefits, very highly respected. Like it was like my dream job. So uh, when I applied for that job, like I, I, wasn't sure if I was going to get it, frankly, because I'm like, oh, well, I don't have the job title. Uh, I went in and blew them away. At that point in my life, I felt more balanced. I was still dealing with some anxiety, but I was sticking up for myself. I was feeling more comfortable in who I was. I still had some triggers that I was working through. And I have a feeling that a lot of you listening to this are probably in the similar stage right now where you're kind of like, okay, I got through some tough shit. I'm learning. I'm growing. And there's more on the other side. And that's where I was. I, I was in this point of like, wow, things things are starting to happen. Like, I'm starting to, to do things differently. I'm, I'm starting to like, embrace life in this different way. And this is cool. This is this is really neat. Like, I was excited for like the first time in my life. I was more excited than I was nervous. And that had never really happened before. So I remember going in and giving my, my two weeks notice. And this is funny. Like, it's it's hilarious. Now when I'm looking back at it, I went in to my boss. And he, he was a good boss by all means. Like, he he had helped in some of my growth. Um, and I gave my notice. And the first thing he said to me is, like, he counteroffered. He wanted to give me more money. And I'm like, wait. Wait, what? No. If you had given me the money I had asked for before, this wouldn't be happening. But I look back on it now and I think to myself, all of that happened for a reason. The universe, the universe had a plan for me and it worked out the way it was meant to. I moved on, my career moved on. The lessons that I learned uh, in that job propelled me forward into the lessons that I would learn in the next job. And that has been the journey that I have been on ever since. And I, I hope that this, all of this inspires you to see the possibilities that are out there for you. Things will get hard. Things will get rough. Um, 
but you'll learn how to cope with them. You'll learn how to, to, to deal with them in new ways. And, and here's the beauty of it. When the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And I had a mentor tell me this one time, and, and it didn't resonate with me as deeply as it does now. Those lessons, when the student is ready, the lessons will appear. And you can't jump to the top of the mountain, right? Like You can't just be like, okay, I'm ready to climb the mountain. I'm have, ready to have a great successful career. I'm ready to, to embrace my spirituality. I'm ready to, to do the damn shit. Like, I'm ready. I'm ready right now. Well, but you're not. Because you don't know the life lessons yet. You haven't been through those experiences yet. You haven't learned how to climb the mountain yet. You can't get to the top of the mountain. You can't just jump to the top of the mountain. The universe, the way the universe works, there it, it feels contradictory sometimes because if you believe in the law of attraction, you believe in manifestation, you're thinking, well, but it should be right there, right? Yes and no. Yes and no. Because your mind, the ego, wants something out here, which you can't reach. But the universe knows that you're not ready for that. So it's not that manifestation doesn't work. It's not that the law of attraction doesn't work. You have to do the steps. So the law of attraction is telling you, okay, I'm putting this in front of you right now. I'm telling you to go ask for that raise, even though you might get rejected, because that's the next step to get to the career of your dreams. I'm putting the steps in front of you to get you to where you want to be, because eventually you will get to the top of the mountain in time, but you've got to take the steps first. So I'm going to leave you um, with that, and I, I hope and um, that this story, my breakdown to breakthrough story, will inspire you to keep pushing, to keep working. Please know that you're not alone in this journey. We are all spiritual beings living this human existence, and human existence can be challenging sometimes. And when you learn how to deal and cope and survive in a different way, life turns into something amazing and beautiful. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you really liked today's episode, I'd love if you could leave me a review. This helps me know that these messages are resonating with you and also what to share more of. And if you're interested in learning more about Awakened Mom Life, you can visit awakenedmomlife.com. Also, if you'd like to get even more inspiration, head over to Instagram and Facebook and just search for Awakened Mom Life. Tag me and share your lessons that you took away from today's podcast. Be sure to share this episode with any amazing moms in your life who would also benefit from hearing this message. I love you and can't wait to connect with you in the next episode. Namaste, my love.